Continuing our exploration and elaboration of Sri Vishnu Sahasranam. Now we're on name 940, which is Dishaha. So we just did Vidisha and Vyadisha and now Dishaha. And that's a series of three names which are very similar, just three names, one after another. Then we'll go on to another set of names. So all of these names have similar meanings. Uh, Disha is generally taken here by most of the commentators to mean he who commands. The word Disha is used in Indian languages up to the present time, Disha, to mean direction in the sense of northwest, southeast, up, down, in that sense of direction. And Disha, this means direction in both senses. That means up, down, right, left, and all this. And also in the sense of giving commands or guidelines. Similar common words, all of which are current in Indian languages up to the present time, are Adesh, which means in order or instruction, Nirdesh, an order or an indication a demonstration, a decision, a definition. Upadesh means advice or instruction. Sandesh means an order or a message. What is your message for the world? What is your sandesh? It means news or information. Udesh means aim or direction. Udeshya, purpose or motive. Parashrabhata takes this name Disha to mean command. And again, it's very similar to the previous names. Uh, previously, Parashrabhata explained that Bhagavan establishes Brahma and Rudra in their position. He puts them in the positions, but he also commands them, you, should, you do this, you do that, and controls them. You have to do this, you have to do that. He makes sure they do what they're supposed to do. And Parashabhata elaborates that this is unlike his treatment of devotees such as Gajendra. We're still discussing Gajendra, who are treated not as underlings or orderlies. We have that word in English, orderly. Well, it can mean two things. It, it can be a, uh, an adjective, but as a noun, it means someone who follows orders, a subordinate subordinate. So we're discussing here linguistically. 
This Sanskrit language is a perfect language and is in its perfection in describing the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and other languages also have their uh, nuances. Gajendra is much closer, an object of love, whereas those who are operating according to their karma, like Brahma, uh, they are, yeah, they, they take orders, they're order carriers, they're orderlies, whereas he feels, Bhagavan feels much closer. Uh, he doesn't order Gajendra, do this, do that, rather, he comes, in one sense, he was serving Gajendra. He came to Gajendra. People are trying to go to God. They look in the direction of God. Om Tad Vishnu Paramang Padang Sada Pashyanti Surayaha. The saintly people, they're always looking up to the spiritual world, to the abode of the Supreme Lord, Vishnu. They want to go there. But... Bhagavan, he came to Gajendra. He personally came to him. So there's a differentiation there. He's not Disha for Gajendra. But Gajendra is invoked here as an example of someone who is not... Bhagavan is Disha, but not in relation to Gajendra, but just taking him as an example. He'll, he gives orders and puts people in their place. We'll, that comes up with Baladev Vidyabhushan's uh, explanation of this name, which we'll get through to. Now, we may say that, well, the orderlies, they're subject to the effects of their karma, but Gajendra, he was also... Uh, subject to the effect of a curse, that's why he got such a body. We have to understand, karmani nirdahati kintucha bhakti bhajam, that even if a devotee appears to be under the sway, under the effect of karmic reactions, or in this case a curse, that it's all ordained by the Supreme Lord for their purification and to help bring them back to him. So a devotee doesn't suffer or enjoy karma in the same way that a materialist does. And we may say, well, also, well, Brahma, he's also a devotee. That's true, but he got established, or generally one is established in the position of Brahma as a karmic function, but one also has to be a devotee. But... We don't want a demon as Lord Brahma. She has to be someone who recognizes the authority of Vishnu. Devotee, yes, but Sakama Bhakta. They have personal material desires. We may say, well, Gajendra, he was an elephant. He was acting on the platform of desire like any other being in this world. He was enjoying with his family, his elephant family, and his whole, uh, the whole flock of elephants, herd of elephants. Yeah, but again, it, there are many cases in Shastra of devotees who appear to be 
submerged in family affairs, that question comes up very much in the beginning of the fifth canto with Priyavrata, who didn't want to get involved in family life, but was ordered to by uh, Manu and Brahma. Uh, so he did, and he appeared to be involved in family life. But we should know that in such cases, the, the, the basic attitude of such a devotee is that he wants to be with Krishna. And he made some, some traces of material desire, which he's just living out or burning out and his material life is coming to an end. With Brahma, generally those who take the post of Brahma, they're liberated, uh, not in every case. Generally they're, they're liberated, but again their attitude in relation to Vishnu, it's very much one of awe and reverence rather and, and obeying the commands Whereas in the case of Gajendra, uh, it was simply a call of desperation. This is how we should chant Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada instructed famously, we should call out to Krishna when we're chanting Hare Krishna, just like a child calls for the mother, in complete dependence, in complete trust, in complete submission, and with a feeling for the mother that the child doesn't know any other than the mother. Another meaning of disha, uh, one who advises in the form of the shastra and gives knowledge, uh, gives direction. One who advises the, the shastras, they give advice, they give orders, uh, they, they give various stories to help instruct us. In this way, Bhagavan Desha, he establishes through the Vedas and the broader body of Vedic literature what is proper, what is to be followed, what is improper, and what is to be avoided. The ways what should be done, how things should be done, and things that should not be done. Uh, all of this is given. Uh, the, the directions how to live and act in this world. The, the Vedic knowledge is like a manual for living in this world. I was present when Srila Prabhupada explained to Mike Robinson of the London Broadcasting Corporation when Mike Robinson asked about the scripture. What is the scripture? And Srila Prabhupada gave an example that just like with a microphone, you get a manual how to use it. So the scripture is a manual for the universe, how to live in the universe, how to act in the universe, to get the best benefit from it. Uh, so how to live and work in this world. We, we find in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna tells Arjuna, sarvam karma kilam partha 
Gyane pare samapyate. All work and work in Bhagavad Gita generally refers to uh, work according to the Vedic system, according to the Vedic directions. So all work, Krishna says, culminates in transcendental knowledge. Krishna gives rewards to people who follow the injunctions of the Vedas, who are dedicated to dharma. He, he gives rewards as are promised. It's he who gives them. There's a whole system. People have material desires. Krishna promises to fulfill them through following the Vedic processes, the karma process, karma kanda. But the, the whole process of karma kanda is set up in such a way, sarvam karma kilam partha jnane parisamapyate, that one gradually should gravitate toward the platform of transcendental knowledge. He he gives various processes in which his name is invoked, in which uh, his magnificence and his munificence are invoked. And in this way, he sets them off in the right direction. Their mentality is to go in the wrong direction, to enjoy this world. But by the Vedic process, he gradually brings them in to the right direction. Disha means direction. So by giving the Vedic directions, orders, he sets them in the right direction toward himself. Again, we find in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna instructs Arjuna, karma brahmod bhavam vidhi, brahmakshara samud bhavam, Tasmat sarvagatam brahma nityam yagye pratishtitam. Regulated activities, that's karma, regulated activities are prescribed in the Vedas. And the Vedas are directly manifested from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Consequently, the all-pervading transcendence is eternally situated in acts of sacrifice. The uh, Vedic system is to do karmas which are they, they come together in acts in sacrifice and by doing that one should come to the platform of knowledge so one should if one is not on the platform of transcendental knowledge or better or even the higher platform of full devotion to Krishna, then one has to follow one's uh, karmic activities. Karma in the sense of following one's one specific occupation according to Varnashram, one's specific uh, role as a brahmachari, grihasta, varnaprastha, sannyasi. If one doesn't follow Krishna, warns very severely, Evam pravartitam chakram nanu varta yatihayaha aghayur indriyaramo mogham parta sajivati. My dear Arjuna, parta, one who does not 
in human life follow the cycle of sacrifice thus established in the Vedas certainly leads a life full of sin. Living only for the satisfaction of the senses, such a person lives in vain. So Krishna gives the Shastra to help people who are pious, inclined to do good, but also have a strong desire to enjoy this world. He gives it to them to help them to come up. And if a person doesn't follow this cycle of sacrifice, the, the whole karma, one has to perform the karma and then the, the result of karma in the form of grains and ghee uh, that is offered in yagya, in sacrifice. And in the yagya, there will be uh, brahmanas who in the interval between the yagyas speak on the puranas and in this way people get spiritual knowledge uh, so Krishna warns that if you don't follow this cycle, then you're going to live sinfully only for the satisfaction of the senses and your life is useless. He similarly warns later in the Gita, Ya Shastra Vidhim Utsrija, Vartate Kamakarataha, Nasa Siddhim Avapnoti, Nasukam Naparam Gatim. He who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims, attains neither perfection, nor happiness, nor the supreme destination. Tasmach, therefore, tasmach chastram pramanam te karya karya vyavastito yadva shastra vidhanoktam karma kartum iharhasi. One should therefore understand what is duty and what is not duty by the regulations of the scriptures. Knowing such rules and regulations, one should act so that he may gradually be elevated. One should take direction from Krishna in the form of the Shastra. Disha, take direction. Uh, take his instructions so that we know which direction our life should be going in. Another commentator, Raghunath Tirta, explains that dishyate means bhaktai prichyate iti dishaha. He is the one who is to be inquired about by the devotees. He's the one that they're looking for. Devotee can find Krishna wherever he looks, in every direction. Now, we've been through these names, Vidisha, Vyadisha, now Disha. They all have very similar meanings derived from the same roots. And we'll see that the different Vyakana Kartas, the, the, those who explain the names, have explained the names, even though they have very they could be all explained in the same way to mean the same thing, but the uh, commentators have unwrapped, unpacked these names in such a way as to avoid redundant, redundancy and bring out different aspects of how Vishnu is commanding, giving direction, uh, Otherwise, there'd be no meaning to 
having the different names if they all were understood to mean the same thing. Prashabhata takes uh, these three names, Vidisha, Vyadisha, and Disha. Vidisha, he takes to mean whose names, forms, and qualities are spread out in all directions. Uh, then he who gave direction, he appointed the different gods in their different posts. And Disha, he takes to mean he who, he who commands. Uh, Shankaracharya says that Vidisha means he who did throughout the centuries. And now we are fortunate to be able to discuss them even in the English language. Daladev Vidyabhushan, who you will remember, is taking this series of names in relation to Brahma stealing the cowherd boys and calves from Krishna and the fallout of that. Uh, he's explaining these names one after another in relation to each other. So, so you, you may remember that he explained Vidisha as Avidisha. He didn't give any direction, any verbal direction to Brahma, uh, he just told him, oh, he didn't tell him, he just indicated to him to go. And then he took Vyadisha to mean that he already gives Brahma so many instructions on so many subjects. And as Brahma is the superintendent of the universe and should know better than to have done what he did, it was proper that he only said that much, or he only just indicated, go. And then, Disha he takes to be Adisha. Baladev says that he can do like that, he can behave with Brahma like that. Who can behave with Brahma like that? Krishna can do that, because he is the one to whom no one gives direction. He is the Supreme Lord of all Lords. And Baladev Vidyabhushan elaborates on this. He's the Supreme Lord of all Lords. As, for instance, there are many statements in the Shastra. Baladev gives from Shvetashvatara Upanishad. Tamishvaranam paramam maheshvaram tamdevatanam paramam chadaivatam. Pating pati nam paramam parastat vidamadevam bhuvanesham iram. May we know that great Lord, Maheshwara, the great controller, the supreme Lord of all lords, the supreme deity of, over all the demigods, the supreme master of all masters, the supreme God, the worshipable master of the world. That's from Shruti, Shvetashvatra Upanishad. And from Srimad Bhagavatam, there are many also such statements, and Baladev has chosen to quote from the third canto, chapter 2, text 21. Svayang tvasam yati shayastrayadishaha Svaraja lakshmyapta samasta karmaha Balingharad bhishchira lokapalai Kirit 
Lord Krishna has no equal or superior and his desires are completely fulfilled through his own personal transcendental supreme opulence. He is himself the Lord of the three worlds and his foot stand where he puts his foot down from his throne is praised by all the long-standing rulers of the universe who come and touch the tip of their helmets to him while offering him gifts.